Has this ever happened to you? I'm just saying, if humans came from monkeys, why are there still monkeys? You can't have an atmosphere next to a vacuum. The Big Bang violates the second law of thermodynamics. Everything that's created requires a creator. Show me curvature. There are no missing links. Evolution has never been observed. The Earth is only 6,000 years old. The good news is, there is help. I've written a book. Rational Answers to Stupid Questions. I've taken the 100 most common questions and arguments I've heard during my debates and written comprehensive, researched, data-backed responses to all of them. This will be your handbook for dealing with nonsense. From evolution, to the Big Bang, to young Earth creationism, to the flat Earth, it's all right there in the book. The book will be coming out this holiday season, and you can purchase it on BookBaby a place where writers like me can publish their book and fans like you can purchase it. Keep coming back to get the official release date, which will be coming out in a few weeks, or join my mailing list. The link for that is in the description to this and all my other videos. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you soon. Welcome back to another episode. I'm continuing reading my rough draft of my transcript for my second upcoming book, Facts That Aren't True. Again, the first part is all about the human body, so the untrue facts you'll hear today have to do with the human body and health. Let's get started. Toads cause warts. First of all, what is a toad? Taxonomically, there's no such thing. Toad is just a colloquial term for frogs that look and behave a certain way. Toads are not a different kind of amphibian. All toads are frogs. Second of all, what are toad warts? The bumps on toads are poison-secreting glands that create an irritating substance to ward off predators. There are slight differences in the poisons each toad makes. For example, Bufo alvarius produces 5-MeO-DMT. This is the chemical toad lickers seek and get addicted to that produces hallucinations. Human warts are caused by the human papillomavirus, or HPV. It's called the human papillomavirus because it is unique to humans. No other organism on the planet can get HPV. Toads don't carry any known human viruses, but that's not to say viruses cannot jump species. Many viruses can. They're called zoonotic viruses. They include rabies, avian influenza, swine flu, such as H1N1, Ebola, hendrovirus, Nipah virus, hantavirus, West Nile, Zika, SARS, and Lassa virus. If you want to read a great book about these, check out Spillover by David Quammen. Sugar causes hyperactivity. If you go to one children's birthday party, you may conclude this is a true fact. But that's not research, and small sample sizes are statistically more likely to yield inconsistent or contradictory results. For example, you can find small rural towns in America where cardiovascular disease is much higher than the national average, and small rural towns in America where it's much lower than the national average. It's akin to how flipping a coin a hundred times should produce close to 50 heads and 50 tails, but the first five flips may all be heads. If all you have are those five flips, you may conclude it's not a fair coin. This phenomenon leads to a bias known as the law of small numbers. 
The law of small numbers is a term coined by psychologists Daniel Kahneman and Amos Tursky in their groundbreaking work on cognitive biases and heuristics in decision making. The term describes the cognitive bias wherein people tend to draw broad, often erroneous conclusions based on a small number of observations. Essentially, people incorrectly believe that the small samples should resemble the population from which they are drawn as closely as large samples should. Many studies are plagued by small sample sizes that yield considerably different results. However, combining the data from multiple studies to draw better conclusions is possible. A meta-analysis is a statistical method used to combine results from multiple studies in order to derive a consolidated finding. It's a type of systematic review often used when individual studies are small and may not provide conclusive evidence about a particular question by themselves. By combining the results from many studies, a meta-analysis can increase the power to detect an effect. One study I read concluded that children who ate less sugar were more likely to be at risk for ADHD. However, the sample size was only 107 children. Meta-analyses of studies on sugar's effect on behavior find there is no real connection between sugar and children's behavior or cognitive performance. Kids will be kids. Carrots improve your vision. This can be a fact that is true or false, depending on what you mean. If an average person with a good diet and 20-20 vision began eating carrots daily, their vision would not improve beyond what it already is. Carrots can help you reach your vision potential, but they cannot go beyond that. If you need glasses, carrots will not help you. Vision correction is typically necessary because of issues with the eye lens, and carrots have no effect on the eye lens. But why are carrots good for our eyesight? Well, it's because they are rich in beta-carotene. Yes, beta-carotene is named after the Latin word for carrot. Beta-carotene is a precursor molecule that our cells modify to make vitamin A. In the eye, these molecules absorb wavelengths of light that can cause damage to the retina and absorb free radicals, which are molecules that steal electrons from other molecules, causing them to change shape and become dysfunctional. Remember earlier when I said too much water is a bad thing? Too much vitamin A is one of the worst things. Vitamin A is not water-soluble, meaning our bodies cannot simply eliminate excess vitamin A through urine. Instead, our cells must break it down, but they can only do so much. Excess amounts of vitamin A stay in the bloodstream as a compound called retinol. Retinol is a detergent, a compound that has the ability to break down lipid compounds. Lipids include oils and fats, which famously don't mix with water. The cell membranes of all organisms are made of lipids, which do an excellent job of retaining the cellular fluid within. The excess retinol, however, causes these membranes to dissolve. Excess vitamin A overdosing is known as hypervitaminosis A. In extreme cases, the brain begins to hemorrhage and the skin all the way down to the epidermis peels off. Think of how sensitive a carpet burn is. Now imagine your entire body covered in those sores, and your brain is trying to burst out of your skull. If that's not bad enough, picture yourself stranded in one of the coldest, most hostile, most remote regions on Earth 
with almost no natural resources or civilization around while all of this is happening to you. For some reason, animals that live in polar regions store excess amounts of vitamin A in their bodies, much of it in the liver. Livers store more vitamins, metals, and other micronutrients than any other part of our bodies. The liver is basically the ultimate natural supplement. Polar bears, at the top of the food chain, have among the highest concentrations of vitamin A. Arctic explorers killed polar bears and ate their flesh and livers. They had no idea what kind of misery awaited them. If you want to read more about the courage of polar explorers and the horrors they endured, I recommend you check out Icebound by Andrea Pitzer. It's the story of 16th century explorer William Barents' three expeditions to Nova Zembla. Spoiler alert, it all goes horribly wrong. For a more condensed version, you can check out information about Death by Nutrition on the Science History Institute. Gum stays in your body for seven years. I always swallow my gum. I don't know how many people also do this because I never bring it up, but I don't think it's many. The reason I do this is psychological. Whenever I think this has lost all its flavor, my brain will not allow me to spit it out. I can't not follow through with something I committed that much time to. It's not clear how long chewing gum has been around. Originally, gum was made from natural resources taken from trees. There's some evidence that birch bark tar was chewed by Scandinavians thousands of years ago. The Maya and the Triple Alliance, normally referred to as the Aztecs, chewed on a substance called chicle, which comes from the sapodilla tree. In North America, Native Americans chewed on resin from spruce trees. The first commercially produced gum was made from spruce resin in the 1840s. The chewing gum industry boomed. It was popular enough to make William Wrigley one of the richest men in the country when he died in 1932. Eventually, the demand for chewing gum exceeded the ability to harvest plant-based latexes. Today, the bulk of modern gum is made of various synthetic rubbers. These synthetics are indigestible. That doesn't mean they can't be swallowed or passed through the body. It just means enzymes in our gut cannot break them down. I've heard it takes seven years to digest gum, but if you put gum in a container with digestive enzymes and left it sit alone for seven years, it wouldn't break down at all. The other version of this untrue fact goes that gum stays in your system for seven years. This is nonsense. The only things that could get stuck in your digestive tract would be anything too large to fit through it or with sharp edges that allow it to get stuck. I suppose if you swallowed so much gum that it couldn't pass through the pyloric sphincter, the ring of muscles connecting the stomach and the small intestine, it could get stuck, but it wouldn't become unstuck magically after seven years. So why is gum indigestible? Gum is a polymer made predominantly of polypropylene. Polypropylene is a simple molecule composed of just a few carbon and hydrogen atoms. The carbon atoms form the middle of this molecule and can link with other polypropylene molecules indefinitely. This creates what we call a polymer, which is basically any large molecule. Living things have not evolved pathways for breaking down these compounds, which is also why plastics are not biodegradable. Carbon-to-carbon -carbon bonds require a lot of energy to break. 
Much of the chemistry of life involves recycling molecules with a carbon skeleton by adding or removing nitrogen, hydrogen, and oxygen atoms from them. You can think of it like removing the body from a car and attaching a new one to the iron skeleton to save energy. To be sure, carbon to carbon bonds are broken in some metabolic reactions, but not as often as other bonds. Here's a bonus fact for you. In 2004, Chad Fell broke the world record for the largest bubble gum bubble at 50.8 centimeters, which is 20 inches. He used just three pieces of double bubble gum to accomplish this feat. That does it for this episode. We'll see you next time. 